everybody, and welcome to Intention is Everything. This is our second episode. Cheryl and I are still excited and not yet bored with what we're doing, so that is fabulous. I am your host, Karen Frazier, and with me is my co-host, Cheryl Knight-Wilson. I am still getting the Wilson. Nailed it. Yay. Hi, Cheryl. Hello, Karen. How are you today? Well, I am very well. I feel like we just talked because we just recorded our first episode earlier this week. But in like um, in podcast years, it's actually been two weeks. <laughs> exactly. So, so Nobody I'm, would have known, but that's fine. Well, you know me. I like to tell people how the sausage is made. <laughs> Yes, you do. <laughs> so I am excited about our guest today, and I know I say that a lot. Um, if you've listened to our podcast for the past eight years, you know that I'm pretty much excited about everybody always. Um, and so this is the same. Uh, our, pod, our guest today is a friend of mine. Her name is Paula Nespel, and she is a an interior designer, but she does interior design with a twist, and that's about intentional interior design and creating sacred spaces for yourself with your design. So with that, Paula, I said your last name right, yeah? You did, yes. <laughs> Welcome to Intention is Everything. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate being here and talking about this topic. Yeah, so you and I know each other from, um, we're, you live in Portland and I live in um, southwestern Washington, so we actually see each other from time to time. You've taken some of my classes. I have not yet reciprocated, but it's going to happen. Yeah, and I got to meet you, well, I've known you kind of on the periphery for a while. Um, I think we run in similar circles. Yes. And I literally got to meet you in person for the first time a couple of years ago at the Oregon Ghost um, Conference. So that was really cool. I've, I've seen your books before all over Portland, and um, it was cool to finally take a class from you in person and meet you. Well, it must have been a thrill for you, I've, I've got to say. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it was, because the minute that I met you and talked to you and took your class, I immediately felt a kinship with you. And I'm like, she's one of my people. So I just I just could feel it in my bones. <laughs> I get that. I, I recognize and know my people when I meet them. So I get it. All right. You ready for us? To, you ready for the grilling of your lifetime, sister? I am ready. Bring it on. All right, Cheryl, you have questions. I know you see here's here's the secret behind our show, Paula. Because uh, yes. I like to tell people how the sausage is made. Cheryl <laughs> is super prepared, and I never prepare a thing. That's okay. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I'm I'm kind of a I'm kind of a fly by the seat of my pants sort of gal too. I'm very organized and detailed, and I like to prepare. But at the same time, um, spirit always tells me that you got this, so don't worry about it. So. Yeah, that's me too. I, I think I'm going to be prepared. And, you know, I always have the best intentions to prepare and I don't. It's just, well, it's just who I am. You know <laughs> what though, after taking a, several of your classes and hearing you speak, um, you would never know that. Oh my God, always, I have no idea what I'm going to say. <laughs> you always need to be very organized and have your, you know, your stuff. So I always feel like my takeaway is always what, like what brilliance that was. So you're doing fine. Oh, well, thank you. Because honestly, no clue what I'm going to do before I get up there. So <laughs> now, you know, 
<laughs> okay, so actually, before Cheryl even asks the question, do you kind of want to um, summarize what it is you do? Because you can probably do it better than I did. You did a great job, but sure, I'd be happy to. So my, my um, passion has always been um, creating beautiful spaces. Um, and it wasn't until the last 10 years that I realized why I was doing it and the intention behind it. And when that happened, um, I sort of shifted in my business of the way that I do things. So when people think of interior design or interior decorating, they immediately think of HGTV or, you know, Better Homes and Gardens. They think of um, that someone's just kind of come whisk in and, and uh, tell you how things should look and be. And actually, I am like the absolute opposite of that. Um, I feel that everybody's home is sacred. That is your respite from the rest of the world. Um, it's your sanctuary. And so I feel a deep honor and a deep responsibility when someone welcomes me into their space and asks me to help them bring to fruition what is in their heart and soul and make that and manifest that to make it a reality for them. Um, and, and as of really recently, it, it's come to me that the reason that I'm doing this work is to help people heal. Um, so often um, our spaces are, well, they are an outward representation of how we feel inside. So if they're sparse, um, or if they're cluttered, or if the energy is stagnant because things have been there since 1960 and they haven't moved, um, then that tells me where that person is stuck in their life um, and how we can clear and shift the space and their energy and the home's energy by rearranging the furniture, bringing in new things, releasing things that no longer serve, adding color, texture, and really getting to the core of what it is that represents them now. They want their space to be in alignment with who they are um, and where they're going, where they're going forward in their life. And for a lot of women, um, you know, your home is sort of your haven and um, we forget who we are. We lose that. And so I'm here to remind women of who they are, where they're going, where they're, what, they're, what they're wanting to become, help them, hold space for them to, bring, to figure that out, and then manifest that in their space. So that was a very long-winded explanation of what I do. <laughs> we love it. It, wasn't, it was fine. Everybody always thinks they talk too much. You're not talking too much. You're the guest. You're here to talk. See? Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I know Cheryl probably, because Cheryl here, Cheryl just bought a house about a year ago now. Have you even been in there a year, a year yet, Cheryl? Not quite. November 5th will be one year. Uh, so I'm sure she has a ton of questions. I have a ton of questions. I really do. So, I, so um, yeah. I must let me, be let psychic. Just, <laughs> you must be. Okay, Karen, you are right. We moved, and we actually were thinking of hiring an interior decorator. Now, I'm going to be completely honest. It didn't happen because we ended up putting all of any type of decorating money into further into the down payment. So, guess what? No decorating. So I still want to make it happen. However, after hearing Karen tell me about you, Paula, I am now extremely fascinated with what you do. And 
I have never actually heard of creating intentional spaces before. So this is an entirely new subject for me. And, you know, I've heard of feng shui and, you know, that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. So can you first start off by talking about the process of creating an intentional space in in your own home? So every room in your home obviously has a particular energy and it has um, a particular function. I mean, and, and some of them are obvious, right? Like your kitchen is obviously where you cook and you prepare meals and things like that. Your living room is where you hang out, watch TV. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> at the same time, there's, there's, there's more intention underneath that. Okay. So for example, Um, your kitchen, obviously you're making food. That is the heart of your home. Um, your living room is community. So that's where you, you know, where your, your, your social aspects of, of who you are comes out, the personality that you show the world. Whereas like your living room, your, or I'm sorry, your bathroom, your bedroom, those are your most intimate spaces, so those are um, more about the internalness of who you are. Um, your bedroom obviously is about where you dream, where you sleep, where you rest, you know, where you um, rejuvenate. Whereas mm-hmm. the bathroom is more about your how you feel about yourself, really, like the true you inside, because that's where you're, you're most vulnerable, right? That's where you tend to be. Right naked, you bathe, you look in the mirror, you do self-care, those kinds of things. Um, So when you're creating intention in your spaces, you want to really think about each room, what it represents, and how, how it's looking like right now for you. A lot of times people use their bedrooms, um, since, the, since the community doesn't see it, as a dumping ground for stuff that they don't know what to do with. There's Christmas decorations in there and there's boxes of stuff that, well, I don't know what to do with this. So I'll just put it in the bedroom because no one will see it but me, Um, which then tells you that you're not you're not valuing yourself in having your own sacred, organized, beautiful respite place. You're seeing yourself as well. No one else can see this but me, and I don't matter. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And also, get out of my bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Karen. (laughs) I just outed you. No. Uh, So, and then in your like your living room and your family room and things like that, you know, that's where you spend time with your family and when you have people over and things like that. And um, so you want to make sure that those spaces are cozy, welcoming, inviting. So often I'll walk into someone's living room and um, the, the way that the seating is arranged it's it's it makes people immediately feel like when they walk in they're like not sure what to do or where to go um and you want to set your furniture and things like that such that it welcomes people in and makes them want to sit and have conversations with you um so there's there's tricks and things that you can do well usually what i help people do cheryl when they first start this journey is i take them into a meditation and have them virtually walk through their home in their mind's eye. And you'd be amazed at how much comes up for you when you are quiet and focused in meditation 
about how you feel about your space now, what it looks like now, and what comes up for you of how you want it to feel and look in your meditation as well. I go through both of those aspects. And I'm always blown away by what people come come forth because they get out of their waking brain or their thinking brain and they mm-hmm. go into their feeling aspects and it really brings forth a lot of information for them. So that might be something I would do for you. So um, I still have absolutely no wall decorations in, okay. in this in this new house. Zero. <laughs> and the reason is is because I've been put we we my husband and I have been putting it off because we're not exactly sure what to do, where to go, how everything should look. And I just feel like I, I need to just do something because there's still a bunch of blank walls and I don't like it. <laughs> so where would I start with with the meditation or what, what process would it be for me to start, for instance, designing that kind of intentional space? So what I tell people to do is if you have art or wall hangings or things that you have that you've obviously brought from your own other home, I'm going to guess, correct? Yes. Yes, correct. They're in the garage. Okay. (laughs) Yes. So what you want to do is you want to take them and first of all, you want to sort through them and figure out, are these pieces that I am still fond of and want to bring that energy from my old home into my new home? If that's a yes, then that's great. But I highly recommend that you go through them first Mm -hmm. and kind of kind of Marie Kondo them a little bit, like look at them, hold them, see if they still have meaning for you. Um, Let go of the ones that don't, because those you can gift to someone else who might have been looking for that piece their whole life, (laughs) Um, but it's not serving you anymore. So let go of the pieces that don't work. And then the pieces that remain You want to find commonality in them. So you lay them all out on the floor and you start looking for themes or colors or textures or frames that look similar. You know, you might have a bunch of frames that are similar in feeling. You want to find a commonality and then you can group them together in ways that make sense for you. Um, And then you can find places in your home that you want to hang them. So... um, you know, I don't obviously I don't know what your home looks like, so it's really difficult for me to to tell you where to put art. Um, but obviously, you know, it's some there's probably very obvious spots where it's like, hey, this would be a great place for a collage of art. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. And we tend to gravitate. Typically, we tend to gravitate to similar art or our hangings when we um, when we choose art over the course of our life. So that's it'll be easier when you lay them all out on the floor to kind of see what the themes are and kind of go from there. Um, and then, of course, online, you can definitely find how to properly hang art um, so that it looks nice and, and it doesn't look like you just, you know, threw spaghetti at the wall because sometimes, you know, people will hang <laughs> art and it looks like they just sort of threw it up there. Yeah. Um, there are ways to do it so that it um, it looks pleasing to you. Um, but also too, since you, you know, you guys have been in there almost a year, which is good. I tell people sometimes to take a good year living in their home to kind of see like where the light falls in their home, um, where the blank spots are for them. And and it sounds like you're kind of at that point. So now might be a great time to really figure out 
where you want to hang your art. As a matter of fact, Cheryl, I literally just did this for a client um, this past week where she is at the point now. She painted all of her walls in her whole bottom or her whole main part of her home. And she's ready to hang her art back up. And she had me come out and help her figure out how to group what she has now and to create you know, um, vignettes of art around her home. And so we did that. So that is definitely something that I offer and help with. So, you know, if you and your husband get to a point where you're like, all right, we've gotten this far, but we need a little bit more help. Let me know. Come help you with that. (laughs) You have to fly to Tennessee for that though, Paula. Say again? You'll have to fly to Tennessee for that. Oh, well, I can do it online. <laughs> I can do it online, too. Sure. Okay. You just have to show me what you've got, and I can tell you how to put it together. <laughs> there you go. Cool. I love that. I love that. Um, there you go. So I was also wondering, emotionally, I've noticed that when my my area or space is cluttered, I get really not upset, but more of like, in a weird mood. And I, you know, like if I get piles of folders on my, my, I work at home. If I get, you know, a bunch of folders stacked up on my desk or papers are loose here or there, there's books stacked over here. I, it just bothers me and I don't really feel right. (laughs) I mean, that's really, I feel like I'm off a little bit. And then when I clean it up and I straighten and I put away and I dust and I make it look all nice and then I'm happy and I'm good. That I guess is what you do, but more on a bigger level. Is that correct? Well, people tend to think that I'm like somehow a professional organizer, which I'm not. Mm-hmm. That's not what I do. My my focus is interior design and interior decorating. Um, however, part of what I do and what is normal for everybody is we all have clutter and we all have areas that kind of bunch up on us. Okay. So I help to point those pieces out to people to in so much as to show them or acknowledge to them that there is a reason that you're doing this. There's a reason that you've allowed the energy in your home to stagnate. Like I made a joke earlier about how your home is stuck in the 60s or in the mm-hmm. 70s or the 80s, or you haven't, you bought this beautiful candle and you've never burned it. Or, you know, you have these decorations that were given to you by your Aunt Millie 20 years ago, and they're still sitting on the same shelf in the same spot. Like, it's important for you to really acknowledge the space as it is and say to yourself, why have I allowed myself to allow these things to accumulate? Why have I allowed this energy in here to stagnate and to not move anything? Why have I allowed this space to be barren or not or, or sparse? Um, I have people that have whole rooms in their home that are like, yeah, we just never got around to really decorating it. Or, well, you know, we didn't put any furniture in here because we really didn't know what to do. So energetically, you're telling the space, I'm not really here. I'm confused about what to do with you. Um, or conversely, if it's stagnant, it's like I'm I'm not acknowledging you. I'm not growing. I'm shutting down. I'm not moving forward in my life. I'm letting things stagnate. And then conversely, with 
the things being cluttered, it's like I'm confused. I've got so many different things from so many different aspects of my life over the course of my life in here. I don't know where I am, where I'm going. I, I know all this has happened, but I can't make sense of it all. So when I walk into your space, I help you get clarity through all of that, whether it's clutter, sparseness, stagnation, and we start moving things around and releasing or burning off what no longer serves you. Um, and I have resources for people to help if people need help like that, if they need help to like get organized and, and start decluttering and getting things moved out and, you know, to goodwill or whatever. But it's for me to help you see the end goal or the vision of what you truly want in that space. And then we go to the, te- the aspects of now let's make it happen. Let's implement and make it happen. And then so, I bring in the colors, the textures, the styles, the things that resonate for you now. That's, that's, that's really intriguing. So it's, there's a huge psychological component here because when you start creating your intentional spaces, you're really saying, Hey, you know, I care about myself. I care about my, about my family. Yes. Um, it, it's just, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Well, you have a symbiotic relationship with your space. I mean, think about it. Your home is the most, one of the most, if not the most important thing in your whole life. I mean, it's where you reside. Everything mm-hmm. happens there. You, you have, you, you sleep there, you eat there, you make memories with your family there, you celebrate holidays, you argue there, you make love there, you celebrate milestones, that everything happens. It's so emotionally and energetically charged in that space that if you don't set intention, then it just sort of happens to you. And then like one day you, you, you know, you walk in and you feel drained or you feel like it's just, or it's just dead space. And you're like, why do I feel like this? Um, and like I said, it, so often people don't set the intention of what they want in their space. They just sort of allow it to, ha- to happen as it happens. And it becomes chaotic. And then you layer on, you know, several different family members that live in there, all with their own agendas and their own um, ways of doing things and living. It can it can be very chaotic, especially for people who are sensitive or empathic or um, intuitive and I know it impacts me a lot. I'm sure it also impacts Karen a lot. I don't know if you're an intuitive or an empath, Cheryl, but um, it can, I'm, no, it, I'm not. It can be crazy pants for those of us no, who are. No, Chad <laughs> is Cheryl. I mean, Cheryl's husband is. So yeah. Oh, okay. He yeah. may not admit that, but he he is. will not admit that. But, but he is. He might. He might yeah, be. I'm outing him. Um, but you bring you bring up a good point. It's actually the main thing I wanted to ask you uh, when you talk about. So I share my space with. My husband used to be with the children. The children are gone. Um, And he has, so my taste is very woo. I like, I have singing bowls and I have crystals and I like things very organized and I don't like a lot of clutter. And um, he, I, I, the best I can describe his taste is maybe like early French bordello. Um, (laughs) And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he is really cluttered. I mean, he just he he just kind of leaves a trail of clutter wherever he goes and he doesn't ever throw anything away. So, how do you reconcile those two things other than I mean, we have our own like separate spaces that helps, but how do you reconcile that in the rest of the house? 
Um, what I tell people to do, and you you hit it, you kind of hit it, Karen. The fact that you each have your own spaces, your own places to retreat that are just yours, that you can do and be however you need to be in those spaces. And then <clears throat> you make a an agreement with one another that the rest of the house is a communal space. And in that communal space, it needs to be respected and honored as such. So you just say, you know what, you can do whatever you want in your space. If you want it to be you know, where you've dropped everything everywhere and it looks like you said early French bordello, then that's your jam and you can keep that in your space and I can do what I want in my space. But in the rest of it that we share, there has to be agreed upon um, base level rules of what the expectation is. Um, so I tell my, my family, my kids, um, uh, you know, that bath the the main bathroom living room dining room like i said the communal spaces are to be kept relatively neat and tidy because people might come over and they might want to use the restroom and they might want to sit down somewhere and the same thing with the kitchen the kitchen is the most used place in the in the house um, and cleanliness obviously is really important in a kitchen because you're constantly using it so i think it's just a matter of just saying hey like we need to agree that this is how it's going to be kept. And if you can't do that, then you have to move out. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just feel like if, 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 if he has a space that's his, that he can keep it however he wants it, then I, I think it's just important that, that he then respects the rest of the, the space to be not that. Sure. That, that's fair. But how do you resolve those? So so the way that we've resolved the decorating dilemmas in the rest of our house is that I win. Um, <laughs> right. I feel like I have better taste than him and I, he would probably agree. Um, but, you know, I, I think that in some relationships, the I win thing wouldn't wouldn't fly. It flies with Jim because Jim understands that I have pretty good taste when it comes to decorating. Um but there are relationships where people just have different taste. Yeah, and I, you know, there used to be a show on HGTV years ago. I can't remember what it was called. I think it was like um, Designing for the Sexes or something like that. Um, I don't remember. Anyway, but it was like, yeah, like people that have completely opposite decorating styles <laughs> mm -hmm, which we do we absolutely do everything he would point out when we we've lived in this house since 2003 we bought it and when we were first originally decorating we would go places and he would point things out and i i mean my skin would crawl Ooh, it was ugly oh yeah i mean but he shouldn't even be allowed to choose his own clothes he just doesn't have an <laughs> eye for that well and i and again i think then in those kinds of situations, I think that um, the person who doesn't have the ability to do that needs to sort of, you know, acquiesce and, and be and recognize that and say, OK, you do have better taste, so I'm going to allow you to do this. Um, however, like you said, you can say in your space, you can decorate it however you want. But in these other places, I'm, I'm going to tell you what you just picked out does not go with anything we have. 
um, you know, it's just not going to work. It doesn't work, you know, energy or not energetically. It doesn't work um, color wise or texture wise or whatever. That being said, though, I do tell people, you know, there is such a thing as having an eclectic style which is not just a mismatch of things. It's actually a style and it's two thirds of one style and one third of another. So the way to connect those dots typically is through color. And so I tell people, if you have two different styles, try to blend them together as much as you can and be very clear about what your, I guess your, absolute need is. So for example, when I was married, my husband didn't have a lot of strong opinions about the decor, but when, but he said, but there are certain things that I, I will tell you if I really want something or I really don't, otherwise I don't care. So I would learn from him that when he had a strong opinion and said, Paula, I really, really just don't like that at all. Then I would be like, okay. And I wouldn't do it. But if he was like, I really love this piece or I really love this chair, or I really love this table, or whatever it was, then I'd be like, okay, I will figure out a way to work it in. And I did. So I think it's just negotiation and talking to your partner and saying, how important is this particular thing to you, this one thing? Yeah, that makes sense. Because if it's super important to you, if it's super important to you, and you're like, I need to have this piece of art, then you can say, okay, great. But does this piece of art need to live on the mantle where everybody can see? Or is this a piece of art that you would be happy if it was hanging in the bedroom or it's hanging in your man cave or it's hanging in the basement? <laughs> right, right. Like, because what if that piece of art is like my, my first husband had a six foot inflatable Godzilla. I just could not work that into my decor. <laughs> well, <Yeah>. why not? <laughs> See, and that's where with something like that, I'd say, okay, honey, let's be reasonable. Is this something that really should be in the living room? Or is this something that would be more fun in a game room downstairs in the basement right. with the pool table <laughs> and the, you know, the, the, the Xbox, like that would be more of a, ke- a catch or a, kitschy sort of fun thing that isn't necessarily something that goes in a formal living room right like that's kind of have those negotiations but yeah yeah you know? <laughs> so yeah, when you're cohabitating with someone you you have to like like everything else in a relationship right you have yeah. to like negotiate and balance it out right well so now what about like we bought our house used we we're not like cheryl we didn't get a brand new house our house was used and our house had a lot of energy in it um, from the previous owner. The previous owner was a prosecutor, um, super conservative guy who runs like a super conservative radio show in town. And um, he had a lot of people who, who he, he had a lot of enemies. And um, a lot of that energy was still there. And in fact, our house has like features in it because he had enemies. Like we have a panic room and passageways. Ooh. Yeah, for instance. Um, it's not as cool as you think. I will never go in there because I'm pretty sure that's where all the spiders live. So, <laughs> but, but I mean, so we have those features, but it's not anything that you, that you see. Um, I, I know where they all are and, and you know, Jim kind of has some stuff stored in there, but it's not anything we use. But there was this energy in this place. And I address things energetically 
in my woo-woo way with, with smudging and crystals and, and things like that. But in a in an intentional decorating sense, what do you do with when you move in and you've got someone else's energy? Or if you spot this antique thing that you love and you bring it home and it's got someone's energy attached to it? Or how do you address that? Well, Karen, much like you, I'm down with the woo, obviously. And um, I do the same things probably that you do. When you move into a new home, it's important for you to introduce yourself um, thank it for allowing you, you know, to come to it, to, to, you know, thank you for inviting me to you to, 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 to live in you. And, um, <clears throat> then of course you want to do some smudging. You want to use sage <clears throat> to remove, um, all the net. And I, I don't necessarily want to say negative energy. There might be negative energy in there, but you want to remove the stale energy or the energy from the previous owners, um, so you want to take and smudge all of the rooms. And while you're doing that, um, have somebody follow you with a rattle or with a drum or humming or singing a chant, um, of some kind. It could just, it could be anything. It could be a, a mantra. It could be an affirmation. Um, and then just ask that anything that is not serving your highest, greatest good, um, move on and, you know, move on from the space and that this is now your space, you're taking ownership um, and that you respect what's come before and that you're allowing what's coming next. Um, and then follow that with um, Palo Santo, which is bringing in the positive energy and welcoming in all the goodness and love and richness that you want to put in your life moving forward. Um, I definitely like to use crystals like you do, Karen, and you're the maven when it comes to that. So I'm, I'm nowhere near. I can't even. I can't even tell you what you would know exactly what crystals to put in what rooms and for what purpose. Um, but I definitely tell people um, um, that you know using crystals in that way is important. If you want to put things in windowsills, um, bring in plants, um, bring in light. Those those are important things. I like to have a light on in every room. I know that sounds energy not energy efficient, but um, I like to kind of chase the darkness away, especially this time of year. So I like to have lights, at least one light on. It's kind of like the theater light. You know, you always leave the theater light on on the stage. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Um, each room. Um, but I really do find, feel it is important when you move into a new space um, to uh, allow it to welcome you in and to share energy with it and tell that and tell the space why you're here what your intention is, and to move on any things that are no longer going to serve your highest, greatest good. It just sets a good foundation. So, Cool. Yeah. Cheryl? Yeah. So when we moved in, Karen, you before we moved in, you gave us a lot of advice about how we could use intention to set some guidelines, I guess. I don't know how else you would say it, but to kind of like set up the tone, the feeling of the energy in the space. And so, you know, per your instructions, we buried some crystals here and there, and we put some some intention papers in the foundation of the house, and we put some, we now have some specific rocks and crystals in certain locations around the house and that kind of thing. And so, is this something that a homeowner should revisit every so often? Do they just need to do it once, like you were talking about, right when they move in? Or is it something that these types of tools should be, you know, 
um, utilized, you know, once a year. What do you think about that? Are you asking me or Karen? She's asking you. I'm not you. the guest, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking you, Paula. <laughs> I, I think when you first move in, those kinds of things that Karen told you to do, I, I think that's important. I think what you need to do is you need to tune in to yourself. And like I said, taking that quiet time to sort of like say, okay, I'm feeling like things aren't serving me. What do I need to shift moving forward? I tell, I honestly tell people you should smudge your space often. Especially in a home. I don't know if you have children. Do you have children? Uh, they're gone. They're grown up. They're Move grown away. Up. Okay. So if you have, you know, if you have an argument with your husband, um, if you're ill, like you've had an illness or something, you've got a flu or the cold or something like that, um, if you have people come in um, occasionally, it's important for you to smudge every so often. Um, to, again, remove stagnant energy, remove, and again, when I say negative, mm-hmm. people, and when I say ne- negative energy, people immediately go to the dark place, you know, like, oh my God, we're possessed, there's mm-hmm. the, it's not about that, it's just energy that's not serving you, right? Um, right. And again, that could just be from you having a down day or you having an, a spat with your husband, you know, it could be that, you just want to clear that energy out and and put it put the positive energy back in um you do want to charge your crystals often i know ones that you've buried are fine um but i know karen can speak to that too about how often you should cleanse your um your crystals and charge them as they need it um and there's different ways that you can get through smudging um through rinsing underwater through putting in a full moon like i said karen karen is the the wise one um, the Oracle for all things <laughs> and many other things she is. Um, she's like, a, I, I like to call her encyclopedia, Karen. Because oh my God. You've never called me that to my face before. Well, no, I haven't, but like, I'm just amazed at the depth of knowledge that Karen has about so many different things. Like she just, she just blows me away. Um, yeah. So, but you know, like I said, when you tune in, um, you can tell like when things are starting to feel sluggish in your space and that's when you go, okay, I need to do something to shift the energy. And it could be something as simple as song, like music. It could be lighting candles. It could be smudging. It could be bringing in a new plant. All of those things add life and move the energy. So, um, it doesn't, you don't have to be totally down with the woo, you know, mm-hmm. do right. it. <laughs> Yeah, you don't have to make your house look like mine. I mean, literally, my house is plants, crystals, and singing bowls everywhere. That's what is in my house because those are the things that make me feel good. But anything that makes you feel good, right, Paula? Pretty much. And, you know, I just the other day, you just reminded me of this. I just the other day put on, if we're not down with the woo, like I said, for us, our immediate thing is, oh, I need to smudge. For the average person, they go, you know what? I need to clean. I have a friend yeah. that when she starts get feeling icky, her first thing is, you know what? I just need to clean, give this house a deep clean. Well, that is setting intention. That is clearing away what isn't serving. That's creating a freshness and openness, you know, or back in the day when people are like, man, I need to air out. I'm going to open up all the windows and put the sheets out on the line. And it's their way of using the sunlight to bleach 
and clean, using the fresh air to move the energy through the home, um, get the dust out, get the cobwebs out. You know, there, there's just different ways that you can do lighting a fire. Um, like I said, you just we do we do unintentional intentionality all the time. What I'm asking people is is to start being more intentional about it. Um, because that's where the magic is. Literally, that's where the magic is. So can any space be, um, can you create intentional spaces, say, in your laundry room or in your garage? Okay, so any space. Okay. As a matter of fact, don't laugh. As a matter of fact, my office is in my laundry room. And why? Well, <laughs> because it's the only space I have in my home right now that I can have my work out and have it not be disturbed. Um, I have a three-bedroom, two-bath home, and I still have children at home. Um, before we had kids, I had a den and I had an office. So once they're gone, I will be able to reclaim those spaces. But for now, this is where my office needs to be. Um, in my laundry room. But wherever you are, you can always create intention in that space. Um, I always have people even create like travel kits so that wherever they are in a hotel room or they're going to spend the night at, at, at their parents' house, you know, they're traveling, whatever, that they can create sacred space for themselves wherever they're at. So, yeah, in a garage, in your laundry room, wherever, you can definitely create intentional spaces for yourself. Absolutely. Well, I want that to hear more about so the cool. travel kit because I, I, know, I travel, I I travel a lot. Um, and I think I kind of automatically do it because you're probably shocked to hear this. But a lot of crystals go with me when I go places. No. Right? <laughs> hey, you, you know, this is why I know you're my kind of lady, because I know that you also put crystals in your bra. So there's that. <laughs> That's a secret. I could I could see you walking through uh, and maybe you get arrested and they're like, okay, Tevra, take everything out of your pockets. And they start to pat you down and they're like, what are these rocks in your bra? <laughs> well, and she starts dismantling and there's like, <laughs> as by the time she's done on the table in front of her, there's 50 different crystals. <laughs> well, it's super funny that you say that because I had jury duty in May. Um, and the, you have to go through the metal detectors to get into the courthouse. And they had me empty my purse and <laughs> empty everything. And by like the fourth day I had to go in to report, I walked in and the guy was like, oh, it's the crystal lady. And so <laughs> then I was away for several, several months because jury duty ended at the end of the month. And then Jim and I went to get our passports, which is in the same building here um, a couple weeks ago uh, to apply for our passports. And they remembered me. <laughs> Wow. wow. I love it. I love uh, well, it is a small town, but not that small. <laughs> so tell us about the travel kits. Um, so, okay. So when you go traveling, I like to tell people to just put together a little like container and it can even just be like a rubber Tupperware container, or whatever, but it has like a tea light, um, a little, a little like, thing of a smudge um stick you know like you can get like a little a, a stick of palo santo a little bit of sage 
a little shell or a little bowl or something that you can catch your ashes in, a little box of matches, um, and then a few of your crystals um, or some other something like other trinket that means something to you or reminds you of home or a picture where you can kind of create like a little altar for yourself, no matter where you're at. Um, and, or, and also essential oils. If you want to put essential oils in your favorite essential oil in, in that little kit, it's just little things that, um, help you to remind yourself that you're okay to align yourself wherever you're at and to set intention and focus for whatever you're doing. Um, and like I said, when you're in a hotel or you're in another space that you're, that other people have been in like a hotel, or like I said, you go and stay the night at someone's home or whatever, you don't know what's all going on in that space. So this just helps to keep you, um, to clear out whatever isn't serving you in that space in that moment and to just keep you present. So, so my purse, essentially. Yes. Basically, it's my purse. But <laughs> in, in hotels, if you're in a non-smoking room, you're not going to be able to light that smudge stick or that Palo Santo, yeah? Probably not. Um, so you could definitely use your essential oils. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, you can use song. You can use, um, if you have uh, um, on your phone or whatever, you can download um, some music that you can do, that you can put on in your room that would be like a vibrational kind of thing, like chanting or um, even your favorite song, just or favorite songs, whatever, just whatever reminds you that you're you and that wherever you're at in that space, that you're creating a scent or a, uh, like a smell or a sound or something that just reminds you that you're okay, you're safe, and you're putting your imprint in that space for that moment that you need it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I really like that. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Because, I mean, especially in a hotel room, like, that room's used by hundreds of people, and you don't know what they're agendas are or their intentions are so when you're there you might pick up or feel you know displaced awkward what you know whatever you might not feel welcome and this is just a way to help you kind of just um dial in and get aligned as much as you possibly can while you're on the road you know i like it yeah okay cheryl i'm sure you have more on your list what type of feedback have you gotten from your clients, Paula? I'm just curious, have they, for instance, obviously there's a lot of benefits to creating intentional spaces. Have they come back to you and said, after I did the, after, after I did this, you know, this has happened or I felt this way or what's, what kind of feedback have you gotten? Um, yes. I mean, I, so a lot of times when people come to me, well, all the time when people come to me, the reason they reach out is because they know something feels wrong or off, but they don't know what to do next. Like they don't know how to put it together. People know what they like and what they don't like, but they can't necessarily sometimes connect the pieces together, right? And that's where mm -hmm. I come in is to help them pull in 
those two pieces. And what I've recently figured out for myself is that interior decorating is the physical aspect of this manifestation, right? But what you have in your heart, in your soul, in your brain of what you see, of what you want to feel like, that's sort of the esoteric or energetic or vibrational thing. So I'm the in-between part of that. I'm helping you pull in the energetic with the physical and making that come to fruition and come together, right? So like I was telling you at the beginning of this whole thing about how when I have people drop into meditation to kind of see what it is that they're seeing and feeling and what they want. Um, after I talk to people and we get clear about what it is that they want in their space, and then they start making those shifts and changes, whether it's starting to paint their walls, moving their furniture, you know, getting new carpeting, um, adding art to their walls like you are, Cheryl, it starts to open things up for them. It, it just, because the energy is different, it looks different, it right. feels different, right? So what they start reporting back to me is just the energetic shifts that start happening in their lives, whether it be their health, their work, their relationships, how they feel about themselves. Um, it, it's, it honestly is magical. And it's not anything necessarily that I did. It's just me help holding the space for them to be able to do the work that they need to do, but they weren't sure how to make it. They weren't sure of the steps to make it happen. I kind of give them the steps to make it happen. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And they, totally. so then, they like, then the shifts start to happen because they're like, I know I want to make these changes, but I'm not really sure of the steps in order to get there. And I'm like, okay, well, first we're going to do A, then we're going to do B, then we're going to do C. And then they're like, oh, my God, I did A, B, and C, and things feel so much better or different now, but I never would have been able to figure that out on my own. That's where I was stuck. So it really is such an honor for me to be able to hold the space available and open so that these women can kind of find their way in a safe place, right? That they don't feel lost. They don't feel alone. They're like, hey, I've got somebody here who can like literally like hold my hand or be in the room with me and help me like open this up in a way that I know is going to be best for me. And they're not going to laugh at me. They're not going to um, think I'm nuts. They're not going to um, judge me because I don't do that. I, you know, you're, you're, that's another thing, too, that I want to make sure I say in this as we're talking is that, again, the perception of an interior decorator or interior designer is that somebody comes in, like HGTV, right? Somebody comes in, they tell you, oh, my God, we're going to make this space so amazing. You go away off with your husband and you stay away for weeks or whatever and they come and do their magic and then there's this big reveal and you walk in and you're so surprised and oh my god that is not how it works i'm you know it's not about my style and what i want to do in your home it's about you this is all about you and it's my job to ask you the right questions to get to the root of what it is that your heart and soul desire and what is in alignment with you in your life right now or where you're headed and then help you 
to take the steps forward to manifest that in your own space. You have to do the work and you have to be honest with me about what it is that you're truly, truly wanting. And then I, I have the resources, obviously, and the knowledge and expertise to help create that with you. And so that's why it's so important for people to be so involved in this process. So it's active, not passive, is what you're saying. It is absolutely active. It's absolutely active. Now, granted, people get lost in the weeds, too, and go, well, hell, Paula, I don't, I don't know, like, how to get, you know, how to order furniture or where I'm supposed to go. Obviously, I help with all that. I'm not just going to be like, all right, well, here you go. Now you're off on your own. You know, it's not like that. But I am also not the decorator that she just says, okay, here's a check for, you know, $5,000. Just do it and tell me when it's done. I, I don't – I can't work like that. Like, you have to be in, involved and it's a, it's a, it's a um, mutual – Think of it like like two girlfriends like going shopping and like you know getting excited about it or talking about it getting excited about it and then like making it happen you know like oh my god we're gonna do this and then we're gonna do that it's like that um, that sounds fun to me right yeah I dig that so I am curious about question Cheryl I, I hope I answered your question oh you to- you totally did and I. It, it kind of, I was going to ask you one other thing, but it, you kind of just answered it because I was going to say, I saw something on your website about adding soul to your space. And basically, you yeah, you can't just walk away. You know, you have to participate. You have to give part of your, I mean, almost part of your soul. You have to connect with your soul to make it happen. Yeah. And, and for some people, that's scary as hell. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially when you've gone through, like, I just went through a divorce. My house is in transition right now. It's still, I mean, I just finished going through my divorce and it was an amicable one, but my house still looks like it did when we were all together in a family, right? Right. And I'm in the process right now of shifting that energy to be more about me and where my life is going now. It has to change. It can't just stay like this because what it is right now is no longer, it's no longer what is going to serve me. Is it bad? No, but it has to shift. And people get stuck, right? Like they have shrines to their kids' rooms when they go off to college and leave home. Or they've had an illness, they've gotten breast cancer, whatever, and they're like, "I uh, there's clothing in my room that I need to get rid of. There's you know, um, things that remind them of their illness, blankets that they used when they were sick, that they're like, I can't look at that again, because every time I look at it, it reminds me of my cancer. Or um, the same thing with your job, right? Like you're a woman, you worked in a corporate America, and you said, you know what, I'm not doing that anymore. I want to go to France, and I want to write a book, and I want to paint. So they come home, and they look and look around, and they're like, this, this home just doesn't serve me anymore. It's not, I've been to France, man. I want to have a, this bougie, um, what did you say, French bordello look now? French want- bordello, <laughs> early French bordello. Right. I want early French bordello look in my home now, and I want it to be hoboho and sexy. I don't want it to look like, you know, middle America, um, McMansion, um, not McMansion, but like, you know, um, I don't want it to look like, you know, the, the, the American dream home anymore with the, you know, the two, the two kids, the picket fence and, 
you know, the um, Honda in the car in the driveway. I want it to feel different, you know. So it's about stepping into the next space and doing it fearlessly and knowing that you have somebody with you that's going to hold the space for you and help you create that. Because life is too short, y'all. Like, we need to live our dream. We need to be who we're meant to be in this world. Yeah. You know, I, I change my decor a lot, and I always have, um, partially because I really like to play with color and, and form and things like that. But also, like, I know when my son went away to college, probably within a year, we redid most of the house. Uh, just because I felt like that's what I needed to do. And then when my dad died a little over a year ago, I redid a whole bunch of stuff again because all of a sudden I was sitting there and I just was dissatisfied with all of these little artsy, fartsy home goods things that I'd brought in that looked pretty but didn't have any meaning. And suddenly it was, to me, I wanted to bring in things that I loved and bring them in very intentionally. And it was a big shift for me because I had always done what you said, which is the, you know, the American dream home with maybe a little boho chic added in there. And uh, there's something shifted in me and I just thought this isn't for me anymore. Yeah. See, so Karen, you're, you already do it. I mean, you already do it on your own, like without, well, that's because of who you are. Right. Right. Uh, And like you, I do that too. I would, I literally would change the decor with the seasons, not knowing why I did it years ago. I mean, years and years ago, before I was a decorator, before Mm -hmm. I knew anything about who I and what I am, I just would like be like, oh, well, the next season's coming. It's time for me to shift and do, do this now, you know? And people thought I was insane. They were like, why do you constantly change your furniture around and your decorating and uh, you know people because usually typically people just change their decor around christmas time right they're like oh it's time to get up put all the christmas stuff up you know they're like why do you do it at other times and i'm like because the season's different like you need to just do that i don't know i like, feel I different yeah yeah <laughs> i i get it i i i've been that way since i was a kid so I do, I do get that. Yeah. So Paula, we are in our last couple of minutes that went by really fast, huh? Yeah, it did. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, we, we have what we used to call on the old radio show, shameless self-promotion corner. And <laughs> I would like to resurrect it because we are all about shameless self-promotion here. So, um, how can people find you? What do you have coming up? Whatever you'd like to share. Well, people obviously can find me on Facebook, Paula Nussel Interiors, um, and that is the same as my website, paulanussellinteriors.com. Spell that. Spell that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's My last name is spelled N as in Nancy, U, S as in Sam, P as in Paul, L as in love. There you go. Um, and I do have a class coming up. Um, it's called and this is funny, given your topic today, it's called Creating Intentional Spaces in Your Home. Um, and it will be Sunday, November 10th from 11 to 1. And it will be in um, at Sacred Money Studios in Multnomah Village in Portland, Oregon. Um, and during that class, I am going to teach people what a lot of what I talked to you about today, which is how to drop in and really get some clarity around what your 
what you're wanting for your space in your home, maybe a specific space, and really being being open to um, receiving what you get. Um, and then talking to you more about how to manifest that and make that happen for yourself. Um, and of course, for those who come, I have a special gift, which I'm not going to share, but it's a special gift that you'll receive. Um, and then in that um, class as well, I'll be giving some special bonus um or I'll be giving bonus gifts, and I will also be giving a special offer um, that is only available to people that come to the class, a special price for my consultation. So I'm hoping that people can join me there. Um, and yeah, I think that's pretty much it. That yeah, people, people can get, a, I, I do have a discovery call on my um, website too, if people want to sign up to chat with me for 20, 30 minutes and get some information from them about what they're working on and how I might be able to serve them because this is what I'm here for. I'm here to serve women and um, to help them create these magnificent spaces for themselves so that they can be the best bad asses that they need to be in their lives. (laughs) I love it. And you are pretty badass. I'm not going to lie. Oh, thank so. you. <laughs> well, so are you. <laughs> well, thank you. And Cheryl, we think you're badass too. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. All right. I, yes, Go ahead, thank Paula. You. I was just going to say thank you so much for having me. This has been amazing. Yeah, it's been a lot of thank fun. You. And I know I'm going to see you on Sunday, huh? Yes, I'm very much looking forward to that. Karen is an amazing teacher, and I've been taking Reiki from her. Um, Reiki classes, and I'm getting my um, Reiki master's um, uh, certification and attunement on Sunday, and I'm very much looking forward to it. I think it's going to fit in beautifully with what you do. I I, I see that opening all sorts of new stuff in in your practice, so I love it. All right, uh, Paula, thank you so much for coming on. Cheryl, you got anything else to say? This is, has fascinated me. Thank you, Paula. I really appreciate it. I'm definitely going to be looking into this more. So She's heading to you. her garage to look at all that artwork. <laughs> she wants to create essential spaces in her garage. Well, I'm, I'm so honored by both of you ladies for, um, for asking me to join you today. All right. So thank you, Paula, for joining us. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in to listen to Intention is Everything. We actually have not scheduled our next guest yet, so I can't tell you who it is. but keep an eye on Paranormal Underground's website because Cheryl will be posting all of that information there. Uh, Thank you, everybody, and have a good morning, evening, afternoon, whatever time of day it is where you are when you listen. 